welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about how people break free from the addiction and recovery trap. We, along with our colleague Stephen Slate, wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family. The Freedom Model is a completely different approach to addiction, and it's a real solution um, that can truly free you from all of that nonsense. We offer two ways to learn the Freedom Model in private one-on-one classes. The first way is at our beautiful private St. Jude Retreat, or you can learn it at home with Freedom Model Private Instruction, which we do via video conference. You can get information about these options at thefreedommodel.org, leaveaddictionbehind.com, and soberforever.net. Um, well, for today, I opened the Freedom Model for Addictions book and to this page, which is in chapter 13, Success, and I'm going to read a passage and then Mark and I are going to talk about it says, if you act on fear, shame, and shoulds, or thoughts such as I can't or I have to, then you're not fully embracing and making the choice in an open, direct pursuit of happiness. With this approach, you will likely hate what you feel obligated to do, and you will either reverse course or remain unsatisfied. And of course, we're talking about, in that passage, uh, you know, stopping heavy substance use. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, I love it when I have a student and they, they, they usually start out with uh, a statement of fear. They'll say, oh my God, I, I have to stop. Yes, I have to. I have to, you know, or I, I can't keep doing this anymore. A 65-year-old woman doesn't act this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, Some uh, do. <laughs> and, I, and I understand totally why they're, they're feeling the way they're feeling, sure. you know. Um, uh, you know, maybe their family is totally fed up with them or whatever it might be. Oh, I, I got to digress for a second. I just want to tell you that we have some construction going on here. So if there's some ambient noise, um, just outside the studio, we have uh, people doing some plumbing in the walls and things. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So you might hear some banging around, which we have no control over. All right. So uh, so it, it usually starts with with fear because what, what sends somebody to us naturally is usually some sort of uh event yeah you know that's pretty common and so the person is saying to themselves my god i can't believe how how much i screwed over my family or i lost my job or or they're getting a pending divorce because of their binging or whatever it might be so so at that point it's it's fear-based but here's the deal uh, quickly, as we all know, the fear starts to subside, and then the person has that same old um, preference, right? The the desire to get hammered, and uh, and at that point, they start thinking about getting high again. And it freaks them out, and they wonder why why the the idea that they can't keep going on like this isn't enough to change. Right. Right. So. So I think that that it comes down to. So I love it when a guest will say to me, uh, "I want to stop," and the word "want" really, really starts to get them into a solution-oriented phase in their development because what we want for ourselves is the only thing that matters. That's it. That's it exactly. So when what happens is people will say. Uh, if you have a, I should quit drinking, drugging, whatever. We're just going to say drinking because it's easier. Um, I should, I should want this. I have to. 
I can't keep going on. Those words, should, can't, uh, or if you're coerced, even worse, is if you're coerced and pushed and prodded into a treatment center and the whole time you're thinking, first of all, this this is a bunch of bullshit, which it is, mm-hmm. and secondly, I, I don't want to stop. You know, I don't want to stop. So the question is that we address with people is, first of all, I don't want somebody coerced. Secondly, um, I want somebody that wants to be here. And a lot of people start out with wanting to want to stop. And we've we've covered that in other podcasts. So the the development that people have is they might start out with, I can't stop. Oh my God, I'm traumatized by the last binge. Then they might get to, I want to want to stop. And then eventually they come to grips with the fact of, oh my God, the benefits of stopping are better. So I want to quit now. And that that walk from can't to want takes some people a little while. It does. It in does. some cases. You know, it, it's very telling. And um, when we get someone here at the retreat or we start working with somebody on uh, private instruction, it's very telling. Even people that know that we... We, you have to want it to work and you have to want uh, to change. Um, if you listen to them long enough, it, it, they'll tell the truth eventually. And they'll say, I, I really have to do this. I really, I really need to do this. Um, my marriage is dependent on it. Um, you know, I just had a, a horrible accident drinking and driving and it almost killed me and my family. Um, so, so clearly I, I have to do this. And, and this is not a, a something that's a small step. The entire treatment industry is built on these, I should, I have to, I need to, you, you know, you, you, you clearly are mentally ill if you're, if you're doing this and you have these high costs, you have these terrible consequences. So, and that's why it's not effective. That's right. You know, and chapter two of our book, we say you have to want it to work. And that is not a small thing. Yeah, we didn't start out the book with the second chapter, you know, with this idea of wants over can'ts, um, you know, uh, whimsically, you know, it, it, it really was a matter of, if you don't want the change to happen, you're not going to do it. Right, right. And here's the thing about this. You can want the high cost to go away. You can want the people around you to accept what you're doing. You can want um, all kinds of things, you know, that, that maybe stopping would give you. But until you actually want to drink less, use less or be abstinent you're not going to well what you're just that's a really great point so um what you're describing there is the difference between uh wants based on a different part of the bender so on the one end we all want the negative consequences and costs and risks to go away there isn't a single person that wouldn't love for the human existence to be free of risk. There, I, I don't know any human being that's ever said, I love the risk. Right. You know, I love that bad shit happens to well, good we were people. We just talking about a motorcycle accident that somebody you know had. Yeah, yeah. So so that's a great example of of, uh, of my brother-in-law. He got into a motorcycle accident, and, and he, um, he had some pretty 
big injuries, and he's in the hospital now on the internet, now that he's conscious and out of surgery, uh, looking at a new motorcycle. Right, he's shopping. And, yeah, and, and I, I applauded him. I said, that's, he's honest about what he wants. And I get it too, by the way. I've, I've wrecked myself on motorcycles. I have some pretty severe uh, pains from past traumas on bikes. Um, and, uh, and I rode, I can remember riding a, a motocross bike with my foot in a cast my shifting foot and I was shifting with the cast, <laughs> right? So, but Motorcycles here's- Motorcycles are not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so a lot of times, but but here's the point. We want the risks to go away. We, right. N- nobody, nobody likes- but he didn't get on the motorcycle that day. And say, I'm going to get hit by a car. I'm, I'm going to get hit by a car. Yeah, I, wa- I want that to happen. We all don't want that to happen. And and so, but but here's the question. Do we want to change the front end of a drunk or a bender with our drugs? Here's my point. Let me explain what I mean by that. There are benefits that we perceive on the front end, and that is I get a little reprieve. I get a license to misbehave. I I like being drunk. I like the feeling of being drunk. When people finally admit that, that's pretty freeing in and of itself. It is. It is. And then from that point... They can say to themselves, do I, do I want to change that? Do I want to change that? Are there better benefits on the front end than, are there better ways to let go of my anxiety? Are there yeah. better ways to let go of my stress? Are there better ways to feel good and happy and have fun? Are there better ways to lower my inhibitions? Are there better ways to have a license to misbehave? Just because you 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 think you need to be shit-faced in order to act out and have fun doesn't mean it's true. You could, I act out and have fun in various ways totally straight. Yeah. And when he says better ways, we're not, that's not a judgment call on our part. What that is, is are there more, more effective ways? Are there different ways that don't have such high costs? Um, Because we don't, we don't judge it. If somebody, you know, loves being drunk and they feel like that's their best way. I'm not judging that. I don't know what's best for you. Um, But maybe... But maybe if you're at that point where you're thinking, I really don't like the high costs anymore, and is getting drunk all that exciting? And that's where you really start deliberating on, you know, maybe I can be happier on that Friday night not drinking at all. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe I can go out and shoot pool and not and not be drinking. And this is where the positive drive principle that we talk about in chapter seven comes into effect. And that is that you have to, if you really want to analyze your life and your choices and the, and the parts of your life that you're looking at, if you want to analyze them accurately and effectively, then you have to figure out the happiness value of every choice that you make first. Yes. And people don't naturally do that. They usually go to the cost. Yes. You know? Now, when we change a job, we have a tendency to look at the positive side of things. And let me explain that. Mm, good example. Yeah. So, and, and it's effective. So when you, when you hate your current job and it's got a lot of downsides, but it has some benefits too that's kept you there. Um, when you look for a new job, you usually don't look at, am I going to hate my new boss? That's not what you do. You right. look for the, the qualities in a boss and a job that you would like more than your current situation. 
And so we don't do a cost versus benefits analysis when it comes to changing jobs typically. What we do is a benefits to benefits. The benefits of the current job, which has obviously a lot of downsides already, but but the, the benefits of the current job are I get these benefits, I have this pay rate, um, I like these coworkers, God, I'll miss them. But you know what? This new attitude is better. It, you know, this new, this new job gives me the opportunity to have better pay, better benefits, more peace, uh, more time off, uh, and maybe I'll like my job more. And notice, notice that it's all benefits-oriented. Why wouldn't we do the same thing with a, a drinking or drug habit? And that is, would I be happier doing less or abstaining? What are the benefits? And and here's what's important. The perceived benefits of being shit-faced, most of them are false anyway. Right. So so th- that's covered in chapter 17 through 20. So you have to understand that fact first and then start doing analysis and say, can I have the license to misbehave and uh, go out dancing and feel sexy and do all the things that I do when I'm drunk? Is it possible for me to do that sober and have just as much or more fun or more effective. Now what happens is sometimes people find when they're sober that they really don't want to behave that way as much. And other benefits start popping out all over the place. But you have to try things sober long enough for that reality to hit. And, and uh, But also, you may find that there's a whole different side of you that is a license to misbehave or or stress-free living that you could gain by not being hammered all the time. Yeah. It, when you strip away the shoulds, the, the, you know, the guilty feelings, the shame that you have for the way you're behaving, and you strip all that away, and you just look at, and this is, I always like compare this to, you know, you don't feel feel all these things with any other activity that you like to do a lot, right? Substance use, we just make it like it's some kind of like special, evil, so horrible thing. That is so true. And so just strip all that stuff away and just look at it as, okay, this is, this is the way I like to pass my time. And how much do I really like it anymore? And is it really doing for me the things that I think it is? Um, when you get down to that, the majority of people realize, wow, it really isn't worth the high costs. And oh, yeah. And, you know, I have more fun with my spouse when I'm not drinking or when I'm sober. And when we say sober, what we're talking about is not drunk. You know, you can be sober and have two drinks. Right, right. We're just talking about the attitude of of an improvement in your substance use. Habit. Yes, not intoxicated. Right, hammered, and, not hammered, folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe you can start exploring um, just different activities that you like to. Maybe that you thought you needed alcohol to enjoy, or it, drugs. Here's something that Steve always said, and I think that this ties into what Michelle's talking about. So, here was Steve. He goes. I realized that chasing, he was a heroin user, yes. addict, right? The, the classic stereotype, right? And uh, so here he is chasing drugs all day by illegal means, you know, and struggling, living in his car, that whole thing that he's talked about in his story. And then he came to grips with the fact that that wasn't that fun anymore. Yes. But here's something that's equally intriguing about his story, and it's really important. So... So Steve hung out for a while, 
right, at the retreat. And then he was rebuilding his life. And then he said, I'm going to basically do all the same things that I did when I was getting high, minus the illegal part and minus the hurting people part. Um, And I'm going to do it sober. So he went to raves. He DJed like he did before. He was around people that were doing massive amounts of drugs at times. Um, And he learned that, oh, my God, I could be happy. He could be happy. just just being sober and doing these things and and then his life evolved it organically evolved into acting he had an acting career for a while he's a comedian he's a great writer he wrote our book with us um and he's been a part of our research team now for many years so this whole journey spanned decades now and what a great journey yeah you know um so you don't have to be afraid of people, places, and things when you want to change. Now, my case was different. My case was I did leave all the people, places, and things behind, made a clean split, and then started my life completely over. My situation is a rare one. It's a, it was a radical letting go of the old for the new. I don't meet that many people that do that. They usually have a mix. Well, I, I did like Mark did, but I think I think we did it that way though because we were raised in the twelve step cult. Yeah, we had to we had to leave. So so we knew like that's what we knew we had to do or thought we had to do. That's a good point. Was you know I I left school. I left a job that I had had. I I you know left all my friends behind, um, and just you know made a clean break from everyone and everything. Um, now I have since like rekindled a lot of those friendships and um you know and I I now can go anywhere and do anything and I I learned that pretty quickly that I could um I wanted to talk about something too when somebody says you know AA works right and works if you work it um one of the things that they uh that they talk about is the camaraderie and the friendship Mm, and so right. so one of the things that was a little bit helpful for me was we did do I'm going to I'm going to give some of the AA credit. We did do like you went to sober dances and things like that and and did learn that I could you know, we used to go bowling every Friday. Um that that was an aside. We did learn that we could be happy without it. The problem in AA is so many. There's so many is you don't need that AA cult to be able to figure out you can have fun sober. Well, that's what we did really wasn't AA. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was. You make a great point here. We focused like a laser beam on fun. Yes. As a group of people. And AA was this sort of oh, God. useless waste of time that we thought we needed to frame this fun with. But we were like a subgroup. Yeah. They, well, they used to, wait, what did they call us? Jerry's kids. Uh, yeah, they used to bust <laughs> our balls big time. But they also called us the young guns. Yeah. And, uh, but it was a group of 30 of us, 38 of us. And I, as an example, we went to every single concert that was at SPAC. Which that was summer. That summer. My uh, first summer that I wasn't drinking. It, it was a goal of mine as sort of the leader of the pack at the time to go to every show 
uh, that every rock concert and nobody was getting shit faced and uh, I'm sure some people was, drank or whatever but there was drugs all around us there was I mean people partying all around us and we it, nobody would have known we, we weren't yeah we went cliff diving we went oh, hiking I did, I did we, not do that we, <laughs> we did a we did a whole bunch of hikes all over the Adirondacks and Catskills we did um, I mean it was just so fun and this was all part of uh, doing things we wanted to do. Yeah. You know, we weren't coerced. We were moving in a direction of our wants and, 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 and changing. That is so powerful when you start doing that. If, you, if you're lucky enough to get with a group of people that are, aren't kind of buying into all the AA powerlessness nonsense. Um, and they're just determined to figure out how to be happier sober. Um, if you're lucky enough to do that, that's powerful enough for some that's the like the the two percent or the three percent of people that go to aa and find happiness and are done with their problem right because the problem is if you give aa credit for that and you still believe in the powerlessness mantra and you still believe in the magic of substances well then you're trapped then you're trapped then the then you're you're never going to be free and the, you're always the going to be afraid out there. You're yeah. always going to be afraid because you're, you're framing it once again as a battle. And the nebulous force of addiction is out there as the straw man to attack you. That's a terrible way to go through to go through life. And it's totally needless. It's totally needless. So what we're saying is you can you can figure this out without all of that. You can just start looking at the problem if you've got this problem and if you're where like a, some people that I'm working with right now are in this spot where they they either came to the retreat or they've started private instruction <laughs> I keep moving my arm and I'm talking with my hands and you guys can't see me so it doesn't matter but I have to keep grabbing her arm he's, he's like saying, stop. stop it <laughs> So, anyways, I forgot. What I, I, was I knew it was going to happen, but it it was starting to make funny noises. Um, so, so here here's the deal. Let let's summarize because we're at that spot. Um, wanting is different than feeling a need. Yes. Wanting is different than feeling coerced. Wanting to change That's is is different. Yeah, yeah is is different than um, I have to do something. Nobody has to do anything in any circumstance. You know, uh, you can always choose what you want, even Mark, at, at gunpoint. What? What if I I I have cirrhosis? Yeah, you can still drink. You can still drink if you. I want know to. people that have done it. I do too. That have done it right to the, to the day they died. I had a fellow one time tell me straight to my face. He goes. Doing heroin is the most important thing to me, and and I've told this story before, and it was one of the hardest things I ever dealt with. I said, "You don't have to go down this path." He goes, "I know that," and he goes, "But I'm going to do this till I'm dead." And three months later, he was dead. I mean, and he was maybe 34 years old. Um, and I've met now. That's a rare case. That okay? is a rare case. You need to know that. Like this idea of jails, institutions, and death is bullshit. But but the thing that made that such a dramatic example to me was that's what he said he wanted yes he didn't feel diseased he goes i don't believe in the disease bullshit this is what i want to do mark i was like really and you i'd know? rather do it and live the way i want to live than than not do it and i'll feel deprived and i life isn't worth living i mean there are a lot of things that 
you know, that there are a lot of things that people do and like that they feel like their life would not be full without it. Yeah, so don't be distracted by have-tos, shoulds, can'ts. Don't don't be distracted by that. Decide what you want. There is freedom. That person, some people, I, I've given that example in the past, and they say, well, he was in the trap of addiction. No, he wasn't. No. I'm telling you, he was absolutely 100% focused on what he wanted, and he was honest about it, and I, I commend him. He lived the life of exactly what he wanted. He He was willing to believe in the magic of drugs and live in that illusion and pay the ultimate price for his happiness. And most people aren't going to do that. No. Okay? They, they, they just don't. Statistically, we know that 9 out of 10 people aren't going to do that. Nope. You know? But there is a tiny minority that, that, that likes it enough to, to bother with that kind of lifestyle. But here's the deal. Wants makes change quick. It makes it efficient. It makes it so that you can problem solve effectively, fast, efficiently. You can make changes quickly when you actually identify what you really, truly want and you don't apologize for it. The question is, you have to have the facts to make good decisions. Yes. So you have to know what the drugs do and what they don't do. And we cover that in masterful detail throughout the book. So make sure to read the entire book when you start making these decisions. Absolutely. Okay. Um, let me talk about, so we have two things that are new uh, for, for new listeners. We have oh, Freedom yes. Model Private, uh, I'm sorry, Freedom Model Online Program, which is uh, 65 lessons that are pre-recorded. The entire curriculum is taught by Michelle and I in video form and presentation form. Uh, you can sign up for that uh, at thefreedommodel.org. So that's the Freedom Model Online Program. Uh, and it's got over 25 hours of video. You get a free copy of the, uh, of the audiobook, the book itself, the workbook series, the bench construct module, life movements module, and all of the lessons pre-recorded. So it's a huge value for the money. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, for those folks that want to change AA or eliminate AA from the landscape, That's our goal is to replace uh, Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous with uh, personal autonomy so people know that the answer to addiction lies within them. And we are doing that through the Freedom Model International Seminars, the second one of which uh, is tomorrow at noon, that's Monday, at noon, Eastern Standard Time in the U.S., and uh, we set it up that way so our Euro European counterparts could, could uh, listen and watch a webinar it's free you can sign up and that you can also sign up at the freedommodel.org and that's freedom model international seminars and uh we're going to do it tomorrow on uh aa He's is saying tomorrow but this probably isn't going to be released until midweek next week that's true but <laughs> but here's the good deal you, you, these are we're recording this on a sunday it's <laughs> that's right that's that's correct um good point um but it will be, uh, these are recorded. Yes, so, when so it'll you sign be available up, for you. That's right. So when you sign up, again, it's free. Uh, so when you sign up, you can watch them. We've already had our first one. I want to, can we talk quick about why we're doing that? Um, I, yes. Because we're getting, you know, we get, we, got, we get the AA people, the haters or whatever online. And, uh, and I engage sometimes with them um, because a lot of times I know that they're fearful. Um, we... I don't have an axe to grind. We don't have personal access to grind with AA anymore. We stopped fighting them a long time ago. Um, we tried to change it from within to make it more helpful to people, more effective. Um, but it turns out that everything downstream of the powerlessness, step one, is problematic. Um, 
why we're doing this is because it hurts people. It's because the data shows that it is harmful, more harmful than doing nothing at all. And uh, so so we, we're just out to give people the, the truth um, and to kind of, yeah, take down a, 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 you know, an obsolete form of addiction help. That's right. So, so the, the, the topic we're going to hit tomorrow that will be recorded <laughs> um, is <laughs> AA is not free. And people, oh yeah, are, that's the number one thing they say. But it's free. You're just trying to make money, and I'm like, our look at you can get our solution for free, for real, for free. Yeah, you can get our book completely for nothing. Just go to thefreedommodel.org. Uh, you can get a digital version for nothing, and use uh, promo code Freedom100, uh, coupon code, and and download your copy of the Freedom Model for Addictions. Yeah, I mean, we do these podcasts every week. We do a Facebook Live every other week. We're now doing the seminars. We provide more free addiction help than anyone in the world. That's right. So, so yeah, so take that, you AA people. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at one 1- 888-424-2626 or you can go to our websites thefreedommodel.org leaveaddictionbehind.com and soberforever.net thefreedommodel.org is our hub where we have a bunch of free resources as I was saying um, and information including videos pod, these podcasts um, and our free ebooks you can also get digital editions of our books the freedom model for addictions and the freedom model for the family just go to thefreedommodel.org enter coupon code freedom 100 at checkout uh, to get those books for free and if you have questions once again call us 1-888-424-2626 or you can email us at info at thefreedommodel.org you can follow us on social media including facebook twitter instagram linkedin and subscribe to the freedom model youtube channel just you can also join our private Facebook groups. Uh, they are the Freedom Model Group, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. And you can check out there are some great leaving AA and deprogramming from AA groups on Facebook as well. Um, from everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time. <laughs>